Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Our country vowed to never forget 21 years ago. But those words require action. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has over 80 runs, walks, and climbs across America every year plus dozens of more golf outings and barbecues you can be part of. There are so many ways that you can take action. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you guys know how much I love y'all? I watch these episodes in the morning for pleasure. No notes, no anything. I just focus on the episode. Then later on, I usually watch it again, take slight notes, and then I watch it again with all of my, I mean, like looking for every little detail and nuance I can find in the episode and then thinking how I can relate it back to the comic books. This episode was one of the most dense episodes of marvel television we've gotten thus far this episode had everything from comic book references and i mean a lot of them too we had nuanced nods to race in america and we had a whole lot of hilarious banter between buck and sam it took me so long to make notes on this one episode my god i always record them on friday nights edit them and then have them scheduled to come out saturdays one day after the episode dropped, just so you guys can have the content, because I know you're going to watch it some point again on the weekend. Oh, I'm tired just talking about the process. So let's go ahead and get into the episode. It's your weekly bonus episode of me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. 
Not only did we get a phenomenal episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we also got a couple of other things this week. One being we got the black and white version of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I don't know how, but I might have enjoyed the black and white version a little bit more than the color version. I don't know. I felt like I saw a little bit of the, the emotions on the faces a little more. I don't know. It, but I'm let me quit lying. I'm a sucker for a good black and white version of a movie. I loved the black and white version of Logan way more than I loved it in his exact same movie. I don't know why I liked it more. I just do. I feel like there's something so noir, something so cultured, something so amazing about a good black and white or a gray version of a film. I love it. So if you haven't checked that, if you haven't watched Justice League yet, go ahead and put the four hours aside. Take that PTO for half a day and watch the movie. It really is I hate to give Zack Snyder so much credit, but it really is a freaking amazing movie. It's such a, it's such good storytelling, but you know, I, I've ranted about this before. We're not going to talk about how much is him and how much is, you know, having four years to create the perfect movie after you've hurt your competitors, basically bad critiques or whatever, whatever. But amazing movie check it out now you got options you can either check it out in black and white or you can check it out in color hell i'm probably gonna watch it again at some point i think i watched it the black and white version i had it playing while i was working today and jesus it it i i wanted to say that i was mainly focusing on my job while i was working but every like that wonder woman scene followed by that uh scene with steppenwolf going to fight the amazons i mean that is top tier art like that is high art art in its finest phenomenal like 15 20 minute stretch of a movie like my god it, i don't know amazing check it out just watch it if you haven't watched it yet i probably can't convince you but the good thing is i wasn't gonna put out that uh zach snyder review video i actually might go back and do it now now that we've gotten another version and now that there's, you know, because it, it would have been late as hell for me to do it now because, you know, I was waiting on so much shit from Amazon. <sighs> I got it now, though. It, it, it's all her. It, it's all her. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. I might still do it. But, you know, you know I'm, now I might have more of a reason now that it's, they gave us a black and white version. So now I can act like I was waiting on that before I talked about it. So maybe I'll do it. I don't know. The other thing we got this week was... I don't know if y'all can hear that, but there was a little piece of drum roll. We got the Suicide Squad trailer. And you know, this is not, it, I don't know if it's considered a sequel or what, but James Gunn is behind this one. And so, it, it trailer looks great to me. I don't know. There's a little bit of debate online. It doesn't look nearly, I don't know why people are expecting like a, a super serious movie, but... I mean, considering the director and considering the first movie and considering that Harley Quinn is basically not the titular character, but she's basically the character that's most associated with the Suicide Squad. I don't know why the hell you would expect a super serious movie, but I don't think a movie needs to be super serious to give us great quality action and, you know, all the, the dialogue and the sequences that we need. It's got John Cena this go round. It's got uh, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, of course, uh, Pete Davidson. 
uh, Jay Courtney, a lot of people. So, you know, a lot of people from the original. A lot, a lot, a lot of new faces, though. That'll be a good one, too. So, if you haven't checked, if you haven't checked out that trailer, get on YouTube, find it, watch it now. So, we're all going to watch that together whenever the hell it comes out. I, child, I forgot when they said it comes out. But regardless, I'll watch that, too. If you've never seen, I, I say this all the time. If you've never seen Birds of Prey, go watch that, too. I don't, we can debate about, like, the quality of the movie, but... When you think about, I feel like that's the movie that when you think about a superhero movie, that's what, or not necessarily a superhero, a comic book movie. When you think about what a comic book movie looks like, that's what I think about. Like all of the colors, the fonts, the uh, zany villain, all of it, the zany superhero. That's exactly what I imagine. I love Birds of Prey for that very reason. I think it's one of the, the better comic book movies that's come out ever <laughs> not you know like it, it's hard to compare it against like a a dark knight or a a winter soldier or something like that but in its own right in its own lane i love birds of prey i think we could argue about that movie all day long but you know what i've got enough of a long ass episode ahead of y'all right now so let's go ahead and jump into the falcon and a winter soldier that delivered an incredible follow-up to the premiere Whew, we got a lot to talk about we start off with a little backstory on John Walker, a.k.a. the new bitch-ass Captain America, a.k.a. U.S. agent. I gave y'all some comic book backstory last episode, but obviously this is kind of the, the MCU version, which doesn't really stray too terribly from the origin. I, you know me, I don't, I don't really care if they do. I like when uh, the movies take liberties, but yeah, I know a lot of people out there, they, they absolutely hate it, but they don't stray too far from the origin. He's in a locker room with his wife or girlfriend or whoever, whoever it is getting ready to go out there to meet, you know, the people. And he's about to be introduced the uh, as the new Captain America. I just I hate calling him that. It feels so weird to call him that with his smug, uh, dirty, raggedy ass face. I don't know. After that little love session that they share, a black man with an army uniform on with the name tag that says Hoskins walks in now i'm gonna dive into that character a little bit later on so don't worry he's basically telling him that like all of this stuff he's doing the press and uh you know going around and the interviews and meeting fans and stuff all of this goes right along with the job of being captain america now look side note i know i'm giving y'all a side note a little bit early but that drum line that they opened up the show with that drum line was everything I needed. It reminded me of my drum major days back in the day. Boop, 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 boop. Yes. Yes. I was a drum major in the marching band, okay? In high school. Anyway, let's go ahead and go on. He runs out to the middle of the field through the marching band, and he's introduced as the new Captain America. He's being interviewed and he's being asked, you know, like what it's like going through the process and basically what it's like being the new Captain America. He's giving the typical pageant girl answers, you know, fucking douche. Then he runs down, you know, she's like, no, don't be modest. So she runs down his resume. He's the first person in history that has three medals of honor. He ran RS1 missions for counterterrorism. He's uh the, the testing shows that like he's off the charts. I think he did testing at like Johns Hopkins or somewhere impressive. I don't know. His strength, endurance, speed, all of that stuff is just off the charts. He stops her and immediately he starts pissing me off. 
He says, you know, I'm I'm not Tony Stark. You know, I'm not Dr. Banner. I don't have the flashiest gadgets. I don't have super strength, you know. But what I do have, I have guts, okay? Captain America has to have guts. I have big shoes to peel. Boy, fuck you. Even, ugh, he even says Captain America feels like a brother to him, even though they haven't just really met. See, that, uh, ugh, I... A little thing to note, though, that during this interview, they actually do show him, like, training with the shield and stuff. And that shield work is impressive. Like, he's doing the, he, he doing the work. If you don't know, in the comic books, he actually had to be taught how to throw this and how to use Captain Shield, like, blocking and everything by none other than Taskmaster. Now, some of you might be wondering, who the hell is Taskmaster? I'm actually not going to get into it. <laughs> Why? Because Taskmaster is actually the villain in an upcoming Marvel movie. Now, what movie you ask? Black Widow. Black Widow. Starring Scarlett Johansson. So I'm going to let them explain it, okay? Now, of course, this could all be a coincidence because we don't really get a direct reference to Taskmaster. But it seems a little bit too big to be a outright coincidence. So... I don't know. I'm y'all know I'm a conspiracy theorist, so we just go do we go leave it at that. We just go say that at some point Taskmaster is going to pop up in this show. We see Bucky is actually watching this very interview, which of course kind of prompts him to return and find Sam. Now, I was expecting kind of a more emotional, I guess, reunion, but we kind of get that throughout the entire episode, you know, with Bucky slowly revealing why he's pissed off at Sam. So, I mean, I guess that's okay. Like, it's not a big not a big qualm that I have with the show. It didn't really affect anything or ruin anything. So, as Sam is leaving to go find the Flag Smashers, Bucky walks up and he says, you shouldn't have given up the shield. Sam is like, boy, forget you. All them damn unreturned text messages and calls that I left you. Have you ever ran into somebody in the grocery store or at a party that you've been like trying to get a hold of forever. And when they see you, they got the nerve to act like they've been meaning to call you back and catch up all this time, or even worse to pay you back that damn money. They owe you. See, those were the vibes that I was getting from Sam. Okay. <laughs> that man was not having that shit. Bucky asked if he knew this was going to happen. He's like, no, like I, it, it broke my heart. I don't know. I didn't know any of this was going to happen. Bucky says you have the right, you have no right to give up the shield. And Sam says you have no right to tell me about my rights. <laughs> Sam is like, look, I got to go. I have a mission to go on. He gives him the lowdown basically on the flag smashers and everything. And Bucky basically uninvitedly tags along with him and he wants to help out. Side note, the banter between the two of these mother, these, they are hilarious together. Sam says that he has a feeling that this group, the Flag Smashers, might be a part of the big three. Androids, aliens, and wizards. Bucky is looking confused as hell. He's like, uh, that's not a thing. And Sam is like, name a time we've actually fought something else. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll wait. They even bring up Doctor Strange being a sorcerer. But Sam is like, uh-uh, ha, guess what? A sorcerer. That ain't nothing but a wizard with a hat. I know that's right, Sam. You better get him told. You better tell him, Sam. Bucky on the plane ride asks, okay, so what's the plan? 
Sam says, just enjoy the ride, Buck. Bucky's like, uh-uh, don't call me that. Steve used to call me that because he knew me longer and because Steve had a plan. <laughs> Y'all know Steve Rogers, he was basically, he was giving a whole lot of Virgo energy. I know that's right, Steve. He always wanted a plan. This entire thing where, like, you know, he, uh, it, it felt like, and I only know this just because I rewatched the movie the other day. Do y'all remember in Avengers when Tony and Sam, I think it was after Thor had popped up to get Loki and they were about to jump out of the plane and uh, Steve was like, wait a minute, what are we doing? What's our plan? And uh, Iron Man says something, you know, whippy and quick and then jumps out of the plane. This is very much what that feels like. And you know, most of the references that we've been getting on this show, they've all been like tied back to Captain America. So it seems like, you know, of course it's all on purpose because you know captain america even though it's most synonymous with steve rogers you know it's a mantle so it makes sense that like two people like that in the comic books take up this mantle are actually going through a lot of the same things that steve roger went through just a random observation while sam flies out of the plane you know of course he's the falcon Bucky actually has to jump and he lands on his back, but he's perfectly fine. Don't forget, he's a super soldier. You're going to hear that term a lot, so get to know it. Super soldier. There's a whole serum that makes him. He's a super soldier. Once Bucky arrives at the warehouse that Sam is in, they see some of the Flag Smashers actually packing up two big 18-wheeler trucks with what Sam believes to be weapons. Sam has to remind Bucky that they're not assassins anymore because Bucky's ready to go in head first. But it actually kind of lightweight insults Bucky because, you know, this man has been... They made all the points last episode to let us know that, like, Bucky has been making amends. He's in therapy. He's a changed man, yada, yada, yada. So he's like, okay, don't be offending me now. I'm just trying to uh, help save these damn hostages or whatever the hell is in the back of that damn 18-wheeler. My favorite part of this episode comes when Sam says, as Bucky's walking off, look at you all stealth. A little time in Wakanda, you come out White Panther. Bucky says, uh, it's actually White Wolf. Now, you guys get to hear, you know, one of my many asides for this episode, all about the White Wolf. You know, I side note my ass off when I'm talking, but this is going to be a, a good one here. If you remember back to the post credit scene in Black Panther, we see Bucky, remember he doesn't have the vibranium arm, because remember T'Challa doesn't give it to him until it's time to knuck and buck in Infinity Wars. He has it, you know, Bucky's laid the hell out, having the time of his life, and then the Wakandan children are the ones that keep referring to him as White Wolf. White Wolf, White Wolf, you know. This <laughs> wasn't actually just like a funny nickname for the movies. It's actually from a comic book, but it's not quite, the comic book reference that like the MCU makes see in the comics, Bucky Barn actually isn't the white wolf. That's strictly like the MCU version in the comics. It's a young white guy named Hunter who like survived this plane crash outside of Wakanda T'Chaka, who was, you know, T'Challa's father. He was the original black Panther. He uh, took him in, he raised them. But of course we know eventually T'Challa is born and he's the one that, you know, ascends to the throne after T'Chaka dies. This leads to a lot of conflicts and skirmishes between the two because, you know, obviously White Wolf isn't the one that ascends to the throne. He never would have been. It always would have been the heir of, you know, the throne, <laughs> the rightful heir. They were always 
so Hunter, aka the White Wolf, he was over like this task force or this police like outfit. But it, it it basically they were too violent, according to T'Challa. So T'Challa actually disbanded this group when he was king in the comic books. This like pissed Hunter off so bad it led to a whole lot. And I'm actually wondering since this isn't like the white wolf that we know in the movies, I'm wondering if this is doing a little foreshadowing for Bucky's character. Like if it's just a name that like the black folk giving the white folk in Wakanda or what it is, or if it's actually saying like Bucky is going to somehow turn against Wakanda or go. I don't know. It's we all know that T'Challa isn't alive anymore. Obviously uh Chadwick Boseman passed, but I don't know how they're going to deal with it. I don't know, but I imagine him going back to Wakanda at some point and, you know, getting a little peace with his life. So who knows? After yet another argument, <laughs> they decided to wait and follow the trucks after they've cleared out. They think there's a hostage on one of the trucks, but ah, 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 ah. Bucky, when he heard like that, they, you know, he, he heard the trucks finally leave or whatever. When he heard that there was a hostage on board or what he thought was a hostage, he took off running like Flojo down that damn street behind those trucks. Remember, speed is one of his enhanced abilities. Remember that scene in Captain America Civil War where they're basically it's like a high speed chase on the highway, except there are no cars. It's uh, the white, it's the Winter Soldier, aka White Wolf, aka Bucky, whatever you want to call him. He's running first, and then Captain America is running directly behind him, and then uh, Black Panther is running behind the both of them. Kind of a callback, just so you remember that strength isn't uh bucky's only real ability it's oh, that's such a good I, I was about to go on but god that's such a good scene that's such a good damn movie but there's like marvel does so good with these action sequences and these captain america things it's, it's, i don't know it's it's great you know bucky finds the hostage but it's actually carly uh morgenthal who you know has been retconned in the comic books i'll talk about her uh, at a little bit more length a little bit later on but child <laughs> Not only does Carly whoop Bucky's ass on top of that damn 18-wheeler, she takes Red Wing and smashes his ass to pieces. Bucky said, I've been waiting to do that for a long time. This is actually a good stopping point to take in some comments from some of our listeners. Let's go to Nick Tucci asking a couple of questions about Red Wing. Hey, Kendrick, it's Nick in L.A. Some thoughts on this episode. Um... Not trying to give anybody at Marvel a Medal of Freedom yet, but, you know, we love to see them recognizing how they have in the comics, but some overarching themes like systematic racism in America, um, bringing in uh, Isaiah, love to see that actor who was Martian Manhunter's father in the Supergirl series, um, LOL at them doing a typical scene of Sam getting ID checked and then Bucky getting arrested. I don't know if they thought they were doing something there. Um, but Bucky is obviously butthurt that Sam got the shield and then he just gave it away because he wanted it. Right. Um, I think also they're going to use the trope of using past villains to help figure out current villains. And then that might backfire um, with Zemo. But I think my real question is, I was super shocked they just broke Red Wing. Are there backup Red Wings? Like, does he have a little nest of Red Wings? Is there, like, a Jarvis of Red Wings? Does he have, like, a little 
funeral every time a red wing breaks it can't be the first time right I think Sam has been constantly repairing the same Red Wing. <laughs> I don't think there are multiple, <laughs> but yeah, I've been wrong before. I guess we'll find out next episode if Red Wing's ass pops back up miraculously or something. I don't know. Or if he got a new name like Blue Wing next time, I should, we'll see. I think, you know, I think the impression from the first episode was that usually Sam Wilson does his own repairs and own tech work on Red Wing because most of them don't know how, especially the military, all because it's Stark Tech, obviously. So he knows how to do it, but others don't. I'm one. I don't know now. That seemed un, you know, unrepairable. But hell, we, who knows? A crazier shit has happened. This is when <laughs> the part in the episode when raggedy ass Captain America John Walker and his, of course, token black sidekick Lamar Hoskins pop up. Anyway, the whole fight sequence, though, I just want to say, amazing. Like, amazing. The stunts and action sequences in this show are top-notch. Marvel is putting that $25 million per episode budget to work. Go ahead, Marvel. I know that's right. Bucky is hanging on the bottom of that truck for dear life, and Sam actually is able to save him. This is when they, uh, they state what we assumed outright last episode, most of us, I said in the last episode, but I don't know if it was common knowledge to the viewers. He said that those are super soldiers. They cut back to the flag, the flag smashers. That's going to be hard to say. Good God. The flag smashers versus raggedy ass Captain America and Battlestar. One of the guys has been shot and injured in Battlestar. I was calling them Battlestar. I'll get into that in a minute, but uh, what's his name? And uh, Hoskins, Lamar Hoskins. Both of them they're fighting. One of the guys has been shot and injured, and uh, Hoskins is not in a truck anymore. You know, uh, who is it? Raggedy ass Captain America helped him out. He threw the shield. He got him off of there. He slid off the the thing and down the street. Basically, uh, it's basically just Carly and Raggedy Cap up there now. And Raggedy Cap got his ass whooped up off that truck now carly i'm not supposed to root for you but i was definitely rooting for you during this fight as sam and bucky are walking down the street discussing basically their next steps raggedy ass captain america aka u.s agent aka uh, uh john walker whatever and lamar hoskins they roll up on them offering them a ride the fact that Raggedy Cap mentioned the big three two is actually fucking hilarious. <laughs> but Sam says it's no, it's not the big three, it's super soldiers, not one of the big three, you know. Neither of them clearly wanted to work with him for obvious reasons. They only get in the Jeep because it's a twenty mile walk to the airport. While they're in the Jeep, they give them basically the lowdown on the flag smashers. Sam finds out that they tracked him there through Red Wing since Red Wing is technically government property. Now, see, Steve Rogers would have found them on his own. He wouldn't have needed to track them through Red Wing. See, there's just a little difference between John Walker and Steve Rogers. I'm just saying. After more obnoxious conversation with these two dweebs, we finally get to hear Hoskins introduce himself. Now, let me give you a little bit of background on Lamar Hoskins in the comic books, a.k.a. Battlestar. He was besties with John Walker, a.k.a. the new Captain America, in the comics, just like he is in this show. His character was the, you know, typical black 
sidekick. <laughs> but there's one story in particular that I want to mention. So he worked as a Bucky, which is an acronym for a bold urban commando. So he was this Cap's version, basically, of the character Bucky. It wasn't until he found out later on, duh, that the term is racist for black men. Do y'all know the history behind that word, Buck, in America? So the word came around, like, I think after maybe Reconstruction, around, like, 1865, somewhere in that era. And it obviously is a racial term that referred to black men who wouldn't, like, literally buck who they would who would buck the rule of white men like black men who wouldn't bend to the authority of white men and therefore are deemed as you know arrogant and aggressive and violent all of that so once bruh bruh found this out he booked them using their word against him and he changed his name to battlestar so while the character you know leaves a lot lacking on the show fuck him and uh raggedy ass captain the character, I do love their story because, you know, stick to your principles, young blood. Once Bucky hears the name Battlestar, he hurries up and he gets the hell out of that Jeep raggedy ass name. I know that's right. It's a little on the nose, but that's all right. Next, we see the Flag Smashers arriving at some kind of like underground location with a man that's like basically fanboying over them because apparently Carly's reputation precedes her. Oh, he had the chicken livers. He had the gizzards. All the trimmings laid out for these people. Now, see, now me, I would have been looking for the oxtails, you know, the neck bones, the lamb chops. But that's a story for another day, okay? See, my mama country ass eat gizzards, not me. I'm a little, I'm a little too bougie for that, okay? I'm a, l- a little bourgeoisie, you know, Biden bougie, you know? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> While they're getting settled, Carly gets a text from an unknown number that says, you took what was mine. I'm going to find you and kill you. We also find out that they're being identified by the authorities online already. Like they know who they are first and last name. This is the scene where we actually find out that her name is Carly. I had been assuming it was Carly. I think they said it maybe once before, but this is probably a good time to kind of stop and let's go ahead and introduce this character. Let me give you a little taste of Carly, who obviously has been retconned uh, into the movies. So like I mentioned last week about this character, it's important to know that in the comics, it wasn't a woman. It was actually a man named Carl. But, you know, in comic books, we retcon all the time. Sometimes women become men, men become women, black become white, white become black. You know, retcon, people's story, like their origin is like the main way that people are retconned in comic books. If you've listened to this podcast a while, then you know uh, I mention the process of retconning a lot. Carl Morgenthau was Flag Smasher in the comic books. Like, it wasn't a group, it was one man. The name Flag Smasher, who hated like how separate the world governments were. And he was like committing these acts of terrorism, like in any way that he could in MCU, obviously they want, you know, the world to be returned post snap status. We learned that in the last episode, apparently everything that Torres told us last episode was right about them thinking the world was better at the Thanos snap, you know, child, Dude, honestly, I would too. Hell, <laughs> Thanos made some points, but y'all not ready for that conversation yet. But she adds that, you know, she gives us, she 
world builds a little bit for us. She says that the government cares more about the people who returned than about the people who remained. Apparently during this time, like, you know, they got a glimpse of what the world really could be like. Like, I guess it was, I don't know. You know, we only hear the side of like people telling how bad it was because they missed their loved ones and they had to figure out how to make the world go round without them and all this kind of stuff. But apparently there were a lot of people out there that felt the way the flag smashers did because they got a lot of support. Obviously they feel that, you know, the world was a much better place. Like, you know, if you remember back to Endgame, we saw like some of the environmental effects that literally half of the population disappearing had on it. He was talking about how like the dolphins had returned to the harbors and all kinds of stuff. So obviously pollution was down just little stuff like that. So obviously there are a lot of people that were like, look, I'm sad y'all gone, but we don't miss you bitch. Okay. (laughs) We cut back to Sam and Bucky and Bucky is basically heartbroken and says, let's go get the shield back. Sam has to remind him of the last time that they tried to do that. Remember poor Sharon. She was made into an enemy of the state. We still haven't seen Sharon on this show, by the way. I wonder when she's going to pop up. We know Zemo is going to pop up officially next episode, but hopefully Sharon does too. And Sam and Steve Rogers were on the the run for two straight years. Listen, Bucky just tied. He tied. T-I-D-E. He tied like the detergent. But he says, don't worry. I know somebody we can roll up on and talk to. When they touch down in whatever city they're in, some little kids greet them like on the street. I love that it's a black kid and he says, look, it's Black Falcon. Now, see, (laughs) representation matters, okay? I keep telling y'all. He says, it's just Falcon. He said, well, my daddy told me it's Black Falcon. Sam said, oh, is it? Because I'm black and because I'm a falcon. The kid like, uh, duh, motherfucker, what? (laughs) Sam's like, oh, well, then that makes you black kid, right? Which is hilarious because... That's probably what it says on the script, too. You know, extras don't always get names, so he probably just black child or uh, a little boy or something like that. He, he definitely ain't got no name in there. Let me actually now throw it to one of the quick comments that I got this week that cracked me up from one of my favorite listeners, Sarah. Hi, Kendrick. This is Sarah from Brooklyn, and I just want to say anyone who says that they don't like Falcon and the Winter Soldier I'm siding, eyeing them as a little bit racist. And if they had named the show Black Falcon and the White Wolf, I don't know that I would be that mad. I'm sorry. That was so funny to me because that sounds like some shit that I would say. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you don't like that? Oh, you racist. That's fine. <laughs> Once they get to the house and they get past that old cock blocking ass grandson, we find out that Bucky wants to talk to a man named drum roll piece. I do my own drum roll. I'm gonna find a sound effect for drum roll because I feel like I drum roll a lot on the show. Drum roll, please. Isaiah. Isaiah motherfucking Bradley. Now, let me give y'all a little piece of backstory and tell y'all why Bucky probably knows this man from the Korean War. Now, in the comic books, Isaiah Bradley, he was a black super soldier that they kept as a whole secret, okay? Look, back then, the white folks was like, uh-uh, because he had tried to be Captain America before, but quiet as it's kept, he's the only Captain America my black ass acknowledges, I'm just saying. No, see, I'm just playing. I love Steve Rogers. Y'all know Steve Rogers has always been my favorite in the MCU. Uh, But come on, black Captain America. Anyway, 
see, he was one of the few survivors after Cap went on ice and they wanted to replicate the super soldier serum. Of course, they tested like over 300 black men. Now, look, does this remind y'all of anything, anything in history? Uh, maybe the U.S. military actually experimenting on black men in the past or maybe using black men on the front lines and to take the, uh, the first round of bullets in the wars of days past. Just saying. And only a few of these men actually survived. Fast forward to him being given a mission to go to Germany to stop the Germans from creating a super soldier serum of their own. But actually, before he goes out there, he takes a Captain American costume and the shield. He executed the mission, but he did get caught. But he was actually rescued by like it was a group of like anti-war German activists, something like that. But when he returned home. Even after he completed the mission and doing everything they needed, they threw his black ass in jail and told him to stay there for 17 years. See, that's that shit I'm talking about. I, we go, we go, we go keep it moving because I could rant about this all goddamn day and I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep my life together. It's also important to note though, that Isaiah, before we get into this conversation that they actually had, Isaiah, unlike Bucky, has physically aged considerably. Now, one of my listeners actually sent in a voice message about this very thing, and she wants to know why Bucky isn't affected the same way. Let's throw it over to Lauren. Hi, Kendrick. Uh, my name is Lauren. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, and um, I have a question for you. So I know that um, Steve stayed young looking because he was frozen. But when he goes back in time, he ages normally. And then we meet this new super soldier, Isaiah, and he also seems to have aged normally. But Bucky wasn't ever frozen, right? Because he fought Isaiah in the 50s. He killed Howard Stark in the 80s. He's been around this whole time. So why have these other super soldiers aged and Bucky hasn't? All right. Thank you. (laughs) That's such a good question. And I know that Lauren wasn't the only one uh, wondering that, so I definitely wanted to address it. So keep in mind what she said. You know, we know Steve Rogers looked young because almost the entire time, like throughout that 70 years, he was frozen on ice. Uh, Isaiah Bradley, on the other hand, has been living his life this entire time. He was in jail. He was being experimented on, like all kind of stuff. So he actually did age. I'm actually surprised that this character had, you know, there's still that same super strength because... In the comic books, after all that, you know, uh, testing that they're doing on him, his powers had, like, shrank significantly, but that's a story for another day. Bucky, on the other hand, Bucky, if you, you have to kind of really remember a lot of little nuances and stuff like that, even in the comics, it kind of talks about it. Bucky was kept in what we call cryogenic stasis. Now, we probably most know that as, like, cryo-freezing, if you, you're familiar with that kind of process. Think about when, like, they put people in those chambers, like, super cold to, like, freeze the fat cells and all that kind of stuff. Basically that. Every time Bucky wasn't on a murder mission, basically, Bucky was kept on ice. That's why the only time he aged, literally, was while he was out there trying to fight and kill somebody. Otherwise, he was on ice. So it's basically the same thing that Steve Rogers went through, except 
he had periods when he was actually awake and out there murdering people, whereas Steve Rogers was just sleep the entire time that he came back as young Captain America. Now that they're inside the house, we hear the backstory between Isaiah and Bucky. How many, you know, of the, the super soldiers or whatever were sent to kill Bucky, but none of them were actually ever returned. So they sent Isaiah. Isaiah said he whooped Bucky ass. <laughs> I guess he wasn't knucking if he was bucking back then. I don't know. But then he took a piece of his arm as well. He said the only reason he even invited him inside of his home was to see if the arm actually grew back. Then we get kind of a hidden taste of the race conversation that's really prevalent throughout this show. Bucky tells him he's not a killer anymore. And Isaiah says, you don't get to just wake up one day and decide what you want to be. It doesn't work like that. Then he kind of paused and he said, well, maybe it does for folk like you. Y'all better catch this stuff. I'm telling you. It's all kind of little uh, hidden nuances on this show. And keep in mind that while this was happening, little little film critique for you. It wasn't just shots of Isaiah talking or even like focused on Bucky's face. They made sure to show Sam's expression during this time as if like, oh my God, like, are we going there? Are we about to do this? Are we talking race right now in a a Marvel movie? Why? Yes, we are, Sam. I I love it. Get with the goddamn picture, Sam. (laughs) After they had this little conversation, we found out that the reason uh, that they're there is to find out how there are more super soldiers at this point. Isaiah took that mint can out of anger and he made a damn hole in the wall. He threw the shit out of that mint can. Then Isaiah talks about his experience, basically what I just told you from the comics, you know, put in jail, uh, being put through testing, being put through experimentation, all of that. When they finally get put the fuck out of Sam, (laughs) out of Isaiah's house, Sam is furious. But hold up before we get to that. The grandson that walks them to the door, presumably, you know, the last name is Bradley. That's got to be Eli Bradley, right? Like, who, who is that you say? Well, think back to my WandaVision episodes. Remember on those episodes when I told you about the Young Avengers? Because I said we're definitely crafting that team and they will be an upcoming movie at some point. Obviously, it hasn't been announced, but... If you're, you know, if you follow the movies and the comics like I do, you can tell that there's all the makings of a Young Avengers movie. Remember I told you guys that Wanda's kids in the comic books are Wiccan and Speed, and they're actually members of the Young Avengers. Well, Eli Bradley in the comics is Patriot, and he's actually the leader of the Young Avengers. Come on, Young Avengers! Yet another Young Avenger character revealed in the MCU. So at this point, let's see, we've got Wanda's twins, Speed and Wiccan, uh, Billy and Tommy. We've got Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, his daughter, Cassie. We've got Kate Bishop being played by, child, what's their good name? Uh, uh, Haley, child, what's it? Haley Steinfeld, let's see. Yeah, yeah, I know I don't know these damn people. <laughs> and now we've got uh, Eli, who is it? Eli Bradley, a.k.a. Patriot. So that's at least what five members we got right there. And then of course, like in my mind, I'm assuming that Kamala Khan who has her own Disney plus show coming up. That's Miss Marvel. I'm assuming, you know, she was never, I don't think she was ever a young Avenger. She was one of the new Avengers though, but hell same damn thing. So I'm assuming she's going to be one too. And that's six people right there. So we might've just rounded out our entire 
Young Avengers lineup, and I kind of love that. I love that they gave that to us because I've been, you know, we, we've all been kind of wondering what the next big team of movie was going to be. We didn't know if it was just going to be like Avengers 5, it was going to be Young Avengers, if it was going to be Mutants, like we're going to get an X-Men movie. We don't know. It's going to be A-Force, X-Force. You know, we don't know what it's going to be. So all the possibilities, I'm just throwing them out there. But it seems like Young Avengers is our next likely step. Now, let's get back to Sam. (laughs) Sam says, why didn't anybody tell me that there was a black super soldier running around years ago? This is when we get that scene. Boy, oh boy. Haven't we seen this a million times before in real life and in movies, child? They're talking and the police pull up on them and ask if there's a problem. And if Sam was bothering Bucky, I know you fucking lying. They're asking for ID and everything. And so let's listen. I I know y'all lying to me. Y'all don't recognize that damn man. He saved all of y'all lives from Thanos, but he couldn't even get a damn boat loan and he can't be identified without a license, really? And this is also when we get to see the trope of the white friend telling the black friend to just, you know, just show your ID instead of the white friend advocating for the black friend to be treated fairly. You know, we see this a lot in like uh, movies and, you know, PSAs, all the little sappy shows basically, where we see the white character having to kind of have their own reckoning about their own like implicit biases and the things that they do that are kind of problematic. And we're seeing that on the show. Sam basically uh, it's, it's a classic case of like, are you someone, you know, who is friends with a black person or are you actively an ally for your black friends? This show is doing a pretty good job of giving us like a lot of different scenarios regarding like race in America. And basically it, it needs to happen. Like we need to be seeing this, especially on a stage as big as Marvel, as big as Disney. Sheesh. They don't stop messing with him basically until Bucky says, you don't know who this is. Then they finally look and recognize that it's the Falcon and they apologize. See? A Negro has to be famous to get a pass. Ain't that some shit? <laughs> y'all see this show? This show is bringing out the militant in me. I'm trying to tell y'all. I'm trying to be nice and budgy, but you know, it, it's going to slip out. I'm telling y'all, look, I'm trying to let me go back to being nice because I've been fucked around and got mad. Then it turns out that Bucky is the one that gets arrested. Now, see, had y'all left Sam's ass alone in the first place, y'all would have known that y'all needed to arrest Bucky's ass without running IDs and all this kind of stuff. He's arrested because he missed his appointment. Remember the last episode? She told him that those appointments are mandatory. He has to be there. That damn Dr. Rayner, a.k.a. Amy Aquino from Bosch on Amazon shit. (laughs) At the police station, we find out that raggedy-ass Captain America (laughs) gets him released and that Bucky will no longer be required to uh, go to these mandatory psychiatrist sessions. She pulls Bucky and Sam into a session that's basically like couples counseling. This is a scene that shows why this show is so great and why these two are such a great duo. First, they do that uh, miracle question, which is like you go to sleep and then you wake up and a miracle has occurred. What's the miracle that'll make your life better? Both say that (laughs) they would want the other to talk less. But see, now they're not taking it serious. So they have to do the soul gazing exercise. 
where they have to face each other and they are sitting very close to each other. They have to peer into each other's eyes, peer into their souls. But these two damn fools end up having a damn staring contest. <laughs> she then, after a while, it is, you know, hilarity ensuing. She then asks Bucky why Sam aggravates him so much. And Bucky finally says, you know, why, why did you give up the shield? Sam said, it's none of your business. And then Bucky basically says back, Steve trusted you. It was his legacy. It all basically comes down to Bucky saying that, you know, it it might mean that Cap was wrong about you. And if he was wrong about you, that means he was probably wrong about me too. Child. Aw. <laughs> Sam said, you or Steve might not understand this, but what he did is what he thought was right. Now see, yet another kind of nuanced nod to the racism, not the racism, the race conversation that we have here. You might not necessarily understand what he's doing or why he's doing it, but he might feel as a protective mechanism or he might feel that that's expected of him being black in America. So Bucky, you might not, you know, you might not get why he's doing it, but he's doing it regardless. You just got to leave that man the hell alone. Then Sam says, you know what? Let's just go ahead, handle this mission, finish it off, you know, beat the bad guy, basically. And then we'll never see each other again, to which Bucky happily agrees. When they go outside, raggedy ass Captain America tries to get them to work with them once again. He tells them that Carly, you know, she's around somewhere and how they're moving all around Central and Eastern Europe. Sam doesn't agree to work with them, though, because basically they're free agents while Battlestar and Raggedy Cap <laughs> are restricted by the government. John Walker finally says, fine, but stay out of my way. See, now we're starting to get glimpses of the real John Walker from the comic books. Remember, I told y'all he starts off as like a great hero, but ultimately kind of goes off the rails, kind of. Uh, 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 goes a little bit unhinged, becomes terrible, basically, almost like a damn villain before he, you know, finally takes on the, the mantle that he's supposed to take on, which is U.S. agent, instead of pretending to be this fake-ass Captain America. But we're finally seeing a little bit more of his uh, comic book origin story, so I'm guessing as the episodes go on, we're going to see him become even more unlikable, which seems highly unlikely, but... <sighs> Yet here we are. Over in Slovakia, the Flag Smashers are actually packing up a plane with uh, some boxes that were presuming to be some of the Super Soldier Serum. I say Super Soldier Serum because one of the Flag Smashers says, shit, they found us, we gotta go. When Carly asks how much time they have, he says none because it's Power Broker's men. Now, Little lines like that. I know sometimes everyone doesn't know who these characters are or what they're talking about, or is it just like a throwaway line? Power Broker actually comes directly from the comic book. So let me give you a little bit of a uh, background on that character. Many of us knew that his name would probably pop up in this show because we knew that the super soldiers might appear in comics. Power Broker is like this businessman who basically makes trades with people. He says that like, okay, I'll give you superpowers 
in exchange for you giving me a large percentage of the earnings that you make while you're super powered. I think it's some crazy number, like 70%. I wish the fuck I would. <laughs> anyway, at some point, he actually, you know, gives himself the powers in comics. And so I'm wondering if we do actually get to meet this power broker in the actual show. I'm wondering what version of him we're actually going to get. Who knows? But one guy basically agrees to kind of <laughs> sacrifice himself when they find out that Power Broker is coming. My podcaster friend, Donnie, who's from, uh, he has two amazing podcasts. One is uh, Truly Anything with Donnie, and then he has one that he does with his husband and friend, Anthony. They have one called Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. Donnie actually had a lot of strong emotions about this ending scene, so let's throw it over to Donnie real quick. Hey, this is Donnie from Truly Anything and Know That. And I just wanted to say, of course we know that this new Captain America is going to be bad. He already teased it a little bit at the end when he's like, just stay out of my way. But we knew long before that anyone that's a superhero and looks like a big toe is automatically bad news. In the Avengers, we have Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans... Chadwick Boseman, Elizabeth Olsen even, and now we go to Toeface, we know you're evil. We're just waiting for the shoe to drop. And it's just really disrespectful, that little mama with the curly red hair. Let's just call her Annie for the time being. That her little boyfriend was the hottest one out of all the new characters introduced. And he was left out to the sewers like it was nobody's business. They put more, they put more holes in him than... <laughs> Swiss cheese. So he'll be messed. I have to agree with Donnie on that one. I mean, y'all don't have to kill that man. We don't even know that damn man's name. What's your name? BLB? So they're calling you Bob? Let me stop. I don't <laughs> I don't need to do another podcast where I'm quoting Nicki Minaj. The last scene basically sets up Zemo's appearance at some point in the show. I'm assuming next episode we'll probably get a little background on his character and then uh dive right into them either working for him or him actually revealing himself to be a lot more in opposition than they think. Now, remember, I told y'all, or you did your homework and you watched uh, the Civil War movie recently, that Zemo was the guy, he pretended to be the psychiatrist to get into the facility where Bucky was being held, and he read off the 10 trigger words that activated the deadly killing machine, Hydra, Winter Soldier that's inside of him. So we get that last little moment of seeing him, you know, sitting in his jail cell and then, like, looking up to basically just be like, okay, yeah, bitches, I'm here. I'm about to come. I'm about to mess some stuff up. You know how bad things get when I enter the scene. And scene. I'm excited. Look, this is a fantastic episode. It took me forever to get ready to actually talk about this episode. It was so dense, so nuanced, so everything. This show has given me everything I need. I'm curious as to how they're going to wrap this story up. We don't know what the full story is, though, but I'm curious how they're going to wrap it up in six episodes. I'm glad that the links are the links. God, that's a hard word for my country ass to say. I'm glad that the, the time links are, you know, longer than WandaVision. So I'm confident they can do it in six. It'll probably be just like nine shorter episodes like WandaVision. So 
I'm I'm here for it. I need more of this show. I'm already ready for next Friday. I might just go and watch the Black and White Justice League all over again and then watch both of those episodes too and eat my bowl bag and just be as happy as a clam. And you know what? I'll see you guys next time for the Reality Roundup episode that drops on Thursdays and the bonus episodes, usually about one of the Disney Plus shows on Saturdays. See you! As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is Shaquille O'Neal with a friendly holiday reminder. Tis never the season to scream at your printer, call it naughty names, or chunk empty ink cartridges across the room. But tis always the season for an Epson EcoTank printer. They're cartridge-free, conniption-free, with big ink tanks and a ridiculous amount of ink. So grab some mistletoe, mwah, and kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. The Epson EcoTank, just fill and chill. Available at Amazon and Best Buy. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.